0: Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and
1: streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, supplying power to our tower downtown, to the radio station just off the historic square in Murfreesboro, and to your home, MTE serving to make life better since 1936 state representative mike sparks joins us we've got a lot of things to talk about mike but um we've got a special guest on the horn with us right now
2: yeah uh hannah faulkner she's a home homeschool young lady one of our school board members asked if if we had some airtime to have her promote a little event she's got going on i believe at city hall hannah how you doing
3: Good. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me on.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you've got going on and, and why you feel you need to promote this and, and tell others about this event.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it is Teens Against Gender Mutilation. Uh, we are hosting this rally out of uh, just what's been happening to these children and the mutilation of children, the sexualization of children. Uh, recently, I'm sure if you guys have heard, uh, with Vanderbilt, these minor um, transgender surgeries that are happening and so yeah we're just uh, having this rally to, to promote the the uh, innocence of children and protecting the innocence of children uh, chloe cole will be there she's a detransitioner from california when she was 13 years old the medical industry put her on testosterone and puberty blockers when she was 15 they convinced her to have a double mastectomy and by the time she was 16 she realized it was the worst decision of her life and that she had to take a stand so the other teens didn't have to go through the same thing and i want to say we're having this rally out of love, we're not having this rally out of hate. I, I, a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of graphics kind of uh, representing that our rally is out of hate uh, for gay people or transgender people, and that is not it at all. We actually love them. We love them dearly because we see what a life without God, what a life without God does to an individual, and that is why we're having this rally because we love them and we don't want to send them down a path to destruction, to where in seven to eight years statistically they are more suicidal and more depressed than they were prior to these surgeries and hormones.
1: So, now, what is the name of the group again now?
3: So, it's with Turning Point USA and TPUSA USA Faith.
1: Okay. And the uh, the rally itself is called what?
3: Teens Against Gender Mutilation.
1: Okay. Very good. When is this?
3: It is January 28th, 2 p.m., right outside the City Hall of Murfreesboro. So okay. This Saturday.
1: So this Saturday, and uh, what time is it? No, 2 p.m., you told me. 2 p.m. Yeah, Saturday, 2 p.m., January 28th. uh, How did you become involved with this?
3: So when I was 13 years old, uh, Cassidy Riley, my field rep at the time for Turning Point USA, uh, came to my homeschool tutorial and was just talking to all the students about Turning Point USA, what they're doing. I was very uh, interested as I was, you know, starting to get involved a little bit more in the political realm, uh, my dad have actually, my dad and mom both sat us down, you know, my all my siblings since we were very little, and just watched some sort of news to understand what was going on in the world. So at that time, you know, when I was 13, I really wanted to get involved, but I didn't know how. So when she came to the school, I was very excited, and we started a Turning Point USA chapter here in Rutherford County, and yeah, we hit the ground running, and now we're having this uh, big rally.
1: Now this event it's called teens against gender mutilation the, the the rally on Saturday is this just for teens adults I mean kind of who would uh, you welcome at this rally
3: no I welcome everyone I, I was just inviting the Democratic group at uh, MPSU because this applies to everyone and I I want their voices to be heard because like I said this this act these these surgeries, are affecting every single person in society because now our generation is the most depressed, most anxiety-ridden, and most suicidal generation. So that, I invite everyone, wh- whether you agree or disagree, I think that's the best way to promote our freedom here in America.
2: All right. Now, I asked you to meet me at the station. How come you couldn't meet me at the station?
3: So my dad had an emergency meeting uh, with, so he has the Falker Group Construction Company. Oh, okay. And so he had to get on a meeting real quick.
2: No, uh, I was kidding you because how old are you?
3: I'm 15.
2: Yeah, you didn't have a. You told me you don't have a driver's license. That's why yes. I was telling Brian you couldn't drive to the station. Uh, thank, thank you, Hannah. Uh, we're gonna yes. listen because we're gonna talk about DCS and the importance of uh, mental health care. Uh, we've got uh, a Department of um, It's Children's Advocacy Center Stephen Warner is fixing to join us here in just about 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. All right. Sounds
3: good. Thank you so much. Thank sir. you,
2: ma'am. All right, and uh, again, that was uh, Hannah Faulkner joining
1: us. And again, the uh, rally, just if you uh, are coming in late on the conversation, the uh, Rally Teens Against Gender Mutilation Surgery Rally is at 2 p.m. this Saturday uh, in front of City Hall and the organizers of the event, uh, Turning Point USA. All right, now we're going to continue, I guess, Mike, on the the realm of talking about young people, but uh, a little different here, kind of yes. introduce... Our guest here from the uh, Child uh, Children's Advocacy Centers of Tennessee.
2: Well, Stephen Stephen Warner is the uh, the director, and um, I've I've got a couple of bills dealing with mental health with with children trauma. I've uh, got the um, juvenile justice piece of legislation, so I've reached out to as many people as I could for feedback on whether it's Aces, whether it's foster care, whether it's childhood trauma that could lead to incarceration. Uh, so I'm just trying to meet with different groups, and uh, Stephen was one of them that we were going to meet wednesday and uh our schedules got a little mixed up so uh steven how you doing
0: doing really good thank you for the chance to join y'all today
2: yeah uh tell us a little bit about you because you're you're an expert in this field and you stay on top of this more than more than any lawmaker or anyone in the media uh what are you seeing out there when it comes to uh uh, children and uh, the state of the child and youth today
0: So a little bit of background, I run the state association that represents the 34 children's advocacy centers um, across the state that serve all of our children who experience severe physical and sexual abuse. Uh, And so for over 20 years we've been serving uh, the state, we serve all 95 counties uh, um, amongst our our members. Um, Child abuse is real, it happens in every single zip code, Um, it is tremendously traumatic. Um, the statistics are 1 in 4 girls and 1 in 13 boys, by the time they're 18, will have been sexually abused. And if you look at physical abuse, it's even more frequent than that. Yeah. And so it's a real problem, um, and we see it, like I said, in every single zip code. Um, there's nobody who's immune to it.
2: Yeah, we
1: we actually um, have a, a monthly program with our friends from the uh, Rutherford County Child Advocacy Center, and so that's just one of the uh, 95 that... You kind of, uh, and it's not really an overseeing, but all all the um, collaborative efforts, I guess, across the state, right?
0: Yep. yep. Sharon and her team at Rutherford CAC are fantastic folks. They are one of our members, um, serving Rutherford and Cannon County. Um, And I tell folks every day that I get to represent my heroes, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, Our centers deal with the hardest things that can happen to kids, and they're the advocate in the corner of those children. Uh, both on the prosecuting the perpetrators who harm them, and also caring for the kids. Most of our centers have mental health services for them. They have victim advocacy services. And we're able to sort of walk with that child throughout this incredibly traumatic period of their life and hopefully lead them to recovery and health. Um, it, it, it's a real it's a real challenge, and like I said, I work for my heroes, and they are on the front line of the hardest things that kids can deal with.
1: Mike, kind of d- d- get us up to date on there. there was – what a legislative panel that came together and kind of considered some things.
2: Yes, they just um, uh, met uh, this week and had the report come out. Stephen has the, I'm, I'm sure you probably have the numbers in, in front of you. You know, my understanding. Tennessee, I wish I could bring you great news that we're doing such a great job, which we do in many, many sectors. But for some reason, Department of Children's Services is an area that we're having such a difficult time. Uh, we don't rate really, really well in that area for sure. Uh, Steven, I believe, or is, it, is it what, 8,000 to 8,500 children that's in foster care now?
0: Yeah, that number fluctuates, but it's in that eight to 9,000 number a year. Um, and it, it's interesting because that data point is difficult. Because the kid will enter the system, and then they'll exit the system. So all you can ever really get is a snapshot. Yes. If you look at number of kids who come into the system over the course of the year, maybe fifteen, sixteen thousand. 16,000, at any given point, there may be eight or 9,000 kids that are currently in DCS care. Um, and, again, in the best place scenario, they come into DCS's care. They get placed as a loving family, whether that's part of their extended family or an uh, adoptive family or foster family. Uh, and then they're back out, of, back out of the system, and DCS never, never has to worry about them again. Yes. Um, far too frequently that isn't the case though um it's one of the sort of to your point not good data points uh tennessee leads the nation in foster care instability and that's the number of kids that have hit foster care three or more times in one year. yes now, um, tell us that again and, and that's well, not a good data point
1: yeah to uh, go over that again because uh, i yeah. want to make sure everybody understands that
0: so if I can recommend everyone who's listening to this, go look at the Tennessee Commission on Children's Youth, State of the Child. Um, it is released by a state agency or state commission. It is nonpartisan, nonpolitical data, data from the state agencies. But that book is the all Bible of all things kids. Um, they highlighted some really good – they released it last week, and it highlighted some very good t- telling points. We've seen one of the greatest reductions in children in poverty in the history of tracking the data this last two years. Um, the data point that they highlighted as far as one of our most negatives is children. It's called foster care instability, and that's the number of children who enter foster care at least three times in one year, or enter the system three times. And we leave the nation, unfortunately, the number, number of kids who meet that criteria. And it means that we're not solving the problem. They come into foster care, they leave the state's custody, they come back in. Um, to Representative Sparks' point, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I think the General Assembly has been very clear that they want to fund DCS and yes. fund it where they need to, but also get are get our staff rates up, um, and, but also hold them accountable. I mean, they
2: yeah,
1: we'll,
0: <laughs> poor commissioner has the hardest job of any job in yes, the state. Yes, definitely.
1: Well, there's there's one thing, Mike and and Steve, and uh, by the way, we've got uh, Stephen Warner joining us Executive Director of the Children's Advocacy Centers of Tennessee. There, there's one thing about funding it, but there's you you also don't want to fund something that's not working, I wouldn't think, right?
0: It's interesting. From our worldview, which is this child abuse and neglect, and particularly severe child abuse and sexual abuse, we have some of the best statutes in the country. We've had statutes in the books since the mid-'80s yes. about how to handle this, and they're very well-crafted. Um, I'll give you the Davidson County specific. At one point, they were budgeted for over 60 case workers. They had about six, and that wow. largely due to the fact that we were paying them a starting wage of 35000 and asking them to go do some of the hardest work yes. to do in Tennessee. Uh, it, that's not the entirety of it, but Davidson County had 123% turnover in their first-year caseworkers, wow. which means they had to hire the same position more than twice. Um, and so, there's getting them in, getting the caseworkers in, getting them effectively trained, keeping them, uh, supporting them in this incredibly difficult job, has um, been problematic when you only pay them. Less than forty thousand
2: yes. a year. Yes, um, Stephen, I like something. I, I, I'm sure you were at the state of the uh, uh, state the, the inauguration with Governor Bill Lee uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I like something he he said. I'm going to quote him. Uh, when we join forces with the faith community and trusted partners like Tennessee kid Tennessee kids belong and and show hope. We can help Tennessee foster kids find permanent loving homes. I'm calling on the faith community to help join us as we work to build one of the most adoption friendly states in the country uh he's passionate um the other day at, at session we had a pastor to go to pray i don't know if you'd i may have told you this so they don't talk to you and he in, in his prayer he talked about all the kids of foster care and he paused and it was like silence for about 10 seconds and i and i didn't know i'm assuming he did that on purpose just to get everyone's attention uh but uh, there's more light been shed on this issue the past couple weeks. Than I, and, and the light's been shed on it, but it's really been aggressive the past few weeks. And like the the governor had said, we've got to partner with faith-based communities. I, I get upset when everybody wants to invent a new law, invent a new law, invent a new law, invent a new program, invent a new program, and, and the results we're getting are, are diminishing in return. Um, but I know that good folks like you and others who are working hard, and I know there's going to be some money in the budget for raises for some of these DCS employees
0: as well. Yeah. And then a commissioner has approached um, in their budget request a significant pay increase. Um, and then she's actually gone back and asked for uh, sort of an emergency, being able to fund out of uh, this year's money before July 1. Uh, we would absolutely support that ask. Yes. Um, it, it's interesting. We talk about public-private partnerships um, across the state. Our community. Children's advocacy centers are overwhelmingly 501c3s. Their local local boards, local employees, partnered hand in hand with the DCS caseworkers, um, and it, that relationship's crucial to our success. And that relationship is crucial to successful outcomes for the kids. A lot of times, and then this isn't universal, but a lot of times when you read about kids sleeping on the floor of a DCS office, that DCS office is how co-located with a CAC, so it's not like it's a office tower it's a child-friendly environment that's not ideal Um, places like Isaiah House and others that provide that sort of emergency short-term care are really important until they can get them into a home Uh, but it's our CACs work hand-in-hand with our DCS field staff with the regional coordinators to make sure that those kids are cared for Um, particularly when they've already been through trauma I mean they've already been removed from their home because someone in the family has harmed that child Um, and then they're thrown into a system that is largely impersonal and doesn't care for them the exception to that being or the other side of that is no rcscs and the dcs field staff are really trying to do the best they can for these kids dcs isn't the bad guy well,
2: that's that's They're an important
0: person. that's
1: an important point that you bring up there because in the end it's a it's about the child so if you've got a child uh you know a young child or a grandchild and just look into their eyes and think Amen. you know if that's something that this child would go through. I mean, it, there should be tons of sympathy, and we need to fix this. Yeah. and um, you know, this shouldn't happen to children and they're already going through things that are life altering and then just to be bounced around, it's you know it, it's it's got to be really, really tough mentally on the yes, children exactly.
0: It is and they, one of the challenges, this is sort of in the weeds a bit, um, it is in the best interest of the child that they end up in a loving permanent home. In the best case scenario, that's in their own family. Um, one of the things I would challenge the General Assembly on is if you are a grandparent or a cousin or a brother or sister caring for a child, you do not get the same resources available to you that a foster parent does. Yes, true. I've been yeah. arguing for quite a while that if you're going to, if you're taking someone else's child in your home on behalf of the state, you should receive the same degree of support. Yes. Whether it's child care subsidies or access to mental health for the children, which they should have, but also for the caretakers. Like All of the resources we've made available to foster families, we should be making available to every one who is becoming yeah, a Yeah, that's
2: another great point. Home. It is. Well, I've, I've heard that, that complaint. Now, who else, other than your state lawmaker, Stephen, because you know, there's grandparents right now that's listen that are raising grandkids, maybe their daughter mm-hmm. uh, got on the wrong track with drugs or alcohol um, or their son or something. Who? How could they advocate? How can that grandmother, that widow at home uh, advocate for, for this issue, other than, I guess, just wearing out your state lawmakers?
0: That's it. I mean, it's unfortunate that so often the laws are what constrain DCS from really applying resources um their budget's tremendously large and then they can't use the money that's been allocated because it's restricted by the general assembly when they appropriate it. Yes. Um I would argue absolutely that the best thing you can do if you want to make a difference in this system is become a foster parent. Yes. Well second to that is Call your lawmakers and make sure they know that this is important to you as a voter. Yes.
2: Well, I've got – I think i share with you. I've got that bill that's trying to draw down this, some of that $740 million in TANF funds to partner with some uh, NGOs out there. So any help you can give me on that. I meet with our school board members tonight about that issue. Hopefully they're listening. And I'm asking them and our county commission, uh, whether it's Phil Wilson or Craig Harris and Joe Carr, to, to pass a resolution on to us at the state advocating for this small tool in the toolbox, which is pulling down some of those TANF funds. I mean, if we're sitting on $740 million and it's not being utilized, something's wrong there. And I think you, you would agree. So any help you can give me and your group can give us. Um, also, call Charlie Baum, wear Charlie Baum out to <laughs> Tim Rudd, Brian, Brian Terry, Don White, Shane Reeves, and Robert Stevens as well, The folks are listening.
1: Very good. Uh, Stephen, appreciate you uh, joining us today, and if you want to find out more about the Children's Advocacy Centers of Tennessee, it's cactn.org, and uh, here in Rutherford County, cacrutherford.org. Stephen, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely an honor. Glad to join you all.
1: And uh, if you uh, want to check back in and listen to the podcast, if you came in a bit late, you can check the podcast at WGNSRadio.com under Rutherford Issues after you click on podcast. Or if you want to check it out and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Facebook Podcast, just subscribe to those podcasts that you enjoy, and they'll be right there wherever you listen to music. Again, uh, our guest Hannah Faulkner earlier, talking about the Teens Against Gender Mutilation Rally. It's coming up Saturday, 2 p.m. on the uh, Civic Plaza and also Stephen Warner with the Children's Advocacy Centers of Tennessee. Thanks to State Representative Mike Sparks for joining as well.